Hey, welcome back to the Intentionally Abundant Podcast. This is Dr. TK, and today's episode is very special. So if you don't know by now, it is January 2023, and we have officially started our four-day Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. Now, this bootcamp goes on for four days between January 17th and the 20th of 2023, and we are streaming live on YouTube. So what I've done is I decided... After the DMs and messages that I've received from day one, when we talked about niches to riches, I definitely wanted to make this available for everyone in our community. So I decided to upload the audio version of the four-day bootcamp to our podcast. I also understand that not everybody can view video throughout the day. However, if you want to take notes, if you want to participate, if you want to see the information that was shared on the screen, I would highly encourage you to simply head over to YouTube, type out Dr. TK, and then view the live stream, okay? It will be available for a very short period of time. Now, if you want to take that extra step and you want to take action with what we talk about in the workshop and you want the worksheets, the workbooks, then you want to head down to the show notes and click on drtk.com forward slash links and officially get on the list for the bootcamp. Now, keep in mind that this bootcamp is only for four days, which means that at the time of you probably getting this podcast episode, it may or may not even be available. Okay, so strap on your seatbelts, have a seat, get your pen and paper and maybe some popcorn and some wine and get ready because we are about to have a great time in this bootcamp. Let's have some fun. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist, working for a government agency, and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business and a seven-figure coaching business. Now listen, I will keep it all the way real. I will share my top secrets. This includes the good, the bad, and the ugly of what it takes to reach ultimate abundance. I believe that you can make an abundant living and become unapologetically successful, going after big business and lifestyle goals while also having fun and making a significant impact in your community and your home. So strap on your seatbelt and watch me challenge you to rise up to the person that you were meant to become. This is the Intentionally Abundant Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to day two of the Abundant CEO Private Practice Boot Camp. I am super, super excited because I'm hella fired up about today's topic. And so um, go ahead and announce yourself in the chat box. Um, we are streaming live on YouTube, Instagram, and over on Facebook for those who may not have got the memo that we are live in action with slides um, and a guest speaker at the end, again, a different one um, for today's topic. So let me know how hyped up y'all are. I'm super hyped with all the engagement that we received either via DM yesterday or via Instagram and like different threads. We receive emails, but I am super hyped to the point where I don't want to waste no more time. All right. So um, what we did is I went on my Instagram page and I wanted to show you all what people were saying about day one, because sometimes what happens is we start watching on day two for some, maybe you watched or didn't finish or didn't get a chance to watch day one. And I would highly encourage you to do so. Now, the great part about these topics is that they do not build up on one another per se, meaning you can watch day two and then go back and watch day one. 
But of course, I do want to just let people know that if you want those workbooks, they will be delivered to your email approximately at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is technically in two hours. Okay. So they won't be as soon as the live stream ends. They will be at one o'clock because we have to allow this video to buffer for the replay. And then we also have to give people the ability to, you know, get that email. All right. So if you want to get the workbooks and this is your first time joining us and, or you were shared this uh, video through someone else, head over to drtk.com forward slash links and make sure that you're on the list. You'll know that you're on the list because you will be getting the reminders. Now, also just want to give a disclaimer again. Um, I know that some of you got uh, with my team via email and uh, via DM asking about the Academy. The Academy is opening. It's not a secret. It's opening next week. Not today, not tomorrow, not Friday. Okay. If you want to be placed on what we call an early bird wait list, so that you can know about particular extra bonuses, then I would highly encourage you to go to the same link and get on the wait list. It's on the bottom of the screen, like on the bottom of the list, okay? Outside of that, those are all of my announcements. Let's get this party started. So welcome to day two. We are on what I call wealth is my B. Y'all can replace B with whatever you, you know, Wanted to be, but y'all probably know where I'm going with that, even though I ain't disrespectful, but I'm just saying. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So I want to share some aha moments from day one. So I'm not going to necessarily say the clinician's names or the business names. I'm just really going to read off the screen. So some people said day one was awesome and they know who they are. If you see yourself say, hey, that's me. Okay. So one clinician's takeaway was that um, what are my clients getting from me? Yesterday we talked about niche. So what are your clients getting from you? Okay, what are you helping them with? Um, Morehouse Counseling said, so helpful. I want to be more specific with my niche. My goal is to not say yes to everyone. Now, I got a lot of those in my DM, so I don't want to keep just saying it over and over, but y'all can get the drift. Learn how to say no. Okay, Sister Mo, the biggest takeaways for me were the niche funnel, the drawing. I'm sure that hit home for a lot of people. It helped me to begin to streamline my niche and also using the intake process as my research and the reframe of like how to look at things different. Looking forward to today, day two. All right. Um, D Woods, I felt validated for all of the questions, ideas and concerns I have regarding how to build my private practice. Most importantly, you helped me with reworking my niche. I love it. So I love how some of the clinicians came in already with an idea of who they want to serve, may have even came in with a private practice. But you can see from even me and our guest speaker yesterday, Melissa, talking about how you may think you know everything, but we don't know what we don't know. Right. And sometimes it just takes exposure to even how someone explains something very differently for us to receive it. Or better yet, you may not have been in a season previously where you wanted to receive the information. So that's why sometimes when you learn things in the past, it doesn't stick. Um, another one is my biggest takeaway. You can say no and make space for what you want. The two car garage um, prospect institute. They learned so, so much. People had a hard time narrowing it down because I said, list your top number one takeaway. Um, if I could only select one, it would not um, be not being afraid to get rid of clients, um, either graduation, it's not a good match, or saying no or laying them off um, that don't fall into my ideal client category. Awesome. Um, I still have a hard time saying it out loud. Hey, practice. Okay. Um, 
Then um, some more came in. So many great takeaways. The breakdown of the niche funnel was helpful. I also appreciate the energy and mentoring of an abundance versus, versus scarcity mindset. So make sure you strap on your seatbelts because that is exactly what we're talking about today. Um, and I'm about to come out blazing, okay? Because I added some extra slides that my team don't know about yet. But it's because of something else that I saw in the DM. I'm just going to leave it at that for a moment. I haven't even told my husband. So next one is so many nuggets. You know what else is real? A non-profitable business. Yes, you cannot end the year with no profits. You ain't got no business. All right. The hook was saying yes to everyone and everything comes from a state of scarcity and desperation. Exactly. Um, and then I just pulled a few from um, my DM and from another post. Um, today's training was a kick, was a great kickstart to refine my business. My greatest takeaways was the niche funnel. So I'm, I'm taking it that a lot of people also like visuals. Put a one in the comment box if you, it stuck with you because you're visually seeing it and then you go take action. I'm working on recreating my mission statement right? Um, day one was amazing, an amazing reminder and refresher. Today's takeaway, stop walking around here looking like the diagnosis you treat. Hello. I went back and watched my own video and hell, I wanted to sign up for anything I had. Like I was like, even my husband was like, shit, I, I want to sign up. I want to be a therapist. And that's what I know I'm hitting different when non-therapists are like, I want to be a therapist. Even my copywriter, she was like, I just want to, I just want to join y'all because <laughs> she see the energy, you know? Um, now these came out of my DMs. So just a few people were like capturing me. So capture your girl, you know, and, and tag me though. Cause I want to give you a shout out. Um, people were very fired up via DM. And then I wanted to share this one. Um, I wanted to blot out her name because I didn't get permission to like share the DM. And sometimes people reach out to DM because maybe they don't want it on a thread. But I thought this was very, very key. And put it to in a comment box if this is how you have felt. This clinician said, write the vision. What their takeaway was, was write the vision and make it plain. I wrote my niche statement and plan to update my Psychology Today profile and every other referral source to start getting more of my ideal clients. I was afraid of not getting enough of a particular type of client and continuing accepting clients with depression and anxiety and other disorders that I can treat, but don't want to treat a lot. Okay. Great guidance. Thank you. Okay. So some people feel that you feel internal pressure to say yes, when you really don't want to. And we're going to talk about the scarcity mindset and how it may show up. Okay. Um, so let me just give you some contextual information. Cause I did not give a lot of information about myself and a lot of people are new to me. So I'm Dr. TK, clinical psychologist, therapist, business coach, intentionally abundant business coach. Okay. Um, and I focus on clearly abundance. And so what is your money story? That's what you're going to focus on for the activities after the workshop today. So this is a glimpse, a very short one of how I started. Okay. Um, I was working 60 hours a week in a jail facility. I went from working in the camps where kids are pretty much sentenced their baby uh, prison, right? Um, three, six, nine or 12 months, worked there for about a year and a half. It was about an hour and a half away from home with traffic each way, working 10 hour shifts. Then I moved into working in the aftercare program where I pretty much saw the kids who came from camp. And it sucked because I would see the same kids over and over recidivism. And then I moved into the halls because I got tired of driving. And again, I kept seeing the same kids over and over again. So on top of that, I was working overtime. Um, I was also on the side, like um, I worked at three different college institutions as a college professor, all the way from teaching high school kids, helping them get college credit, all the way up to the dissertation process. And so that's why I said I'm a teacher at heart. I've been teaching since I was 
23 years old in the college system, and I am very proud of who I've become today. But I do believe that me being in front of a classroom every single semester for 18 plus years has prepped me to also show up as a better coach and teacher and motivator for my clients and for the general public. Um, but nevertheless, of me working all those things by choice, right? Um, I was overworked, but I didn't realize I was overworked until it showed up in my health, aka panic attacks, not sleeping, vomiting, um, tension headaches, and things like that. I was also undervalued, meaning some people didn't even want to say that I was um, like a psychologist. Like I would say, hey, I'm Dr. Jackson. They'll be like, no, she's Takesha. Now this is coming from the director of our program. And I'm like, what, what I heard was that if we were not a psychiatrist, then we weren't a doctor. And I'm like, Damn, that sucks. I'm still Dr. Jackson, you know, like check people, um, but don't get fired. OK, um, I also when I started my private practice now, I was doing all this, y'all, when I started my private practice, 60 hours plus a week, killing the overtime game. However, disclaimer, at that time, I was recently divorced, no children. So I do want to say that because I don't know if I would still voluntarily do that schedule with my life right now. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, in my private practice, I just rolled out of bed and said, I want to have a practice. I knew I wanted to have a private practice in grad school, but I didn't have any mechanisms, any tools, any coaches to be able to teach me how to do that. So I had no systems. I had no brand. I didn't know how to market. I really just depended upon my clinical expertise to build a business. So put a one in the comment box. If don't lie, that's how you started. You really depended upon, even though you knew how to do like treatment plans, intake forms, and just general paperwork and probably even do better at a paper chart, depending on where you started um, or when you started, because we were all trained with internship hours, right? At the end of the day, a lot of therapists don't ever go get help for their private practice. They really rely on people around them who know the same level of nothingness as they do and or they just say, as long as I know how to diagnose, I know how to take a phone call, I know how to do an intake, I know how to do a treatment plan, I know how to do an exit treatment plan to refer out, I'm good. But then we never talk about the money, okay? So um, these are some of the lessons that I learned, okay, while going through a almost eight to nine year process of building a successful solo practice and group practice. So I was chasing money and not purpose. Okay. I was chasing money and not purpose. So if this resonates with you, start talking back to me in the chat box. I was not walking in alignment with who I was meant to become. I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. You can believe in the universe, but I believe that our paths are already created for us. It's up to us to really have faith and not fear to believe that we are take, making the right choices and talking to our higher power and sitting down and making goals and walking the, the line or the path that has been created for you. Because sometimes we may choose because it looks hard, it looks uncomfortable. We may choose to detour and go down route B through Z. And that may take you longer when you could have just rent down path A, but you don't want to because it costs too much. That's what I hear a lot. It costs too much. It's not worth all that. I'm not doing that. I can go on YouTube University and Google and figure it out on my own. I got friends who did it. Well, guess what? If your friend's bank account is not where you want your bank account to be at, that's not the right circle that you should be confiding in about your big dreams. Okay. So I also was trying to follow the trends of just talking to people about what they were doing, knowing damn well, some of them didn't even have a private practice, let alone a full caseload or successful practice. And that ended up leading to burnout. Okay. 
So before my private practice, um, specifically the solo one, I was seeing every client that called. I was on every single insurance panel that I can get on. And back then, there was no such thing as CAQH in terms of doing the paperwork for us. I was at work, probably shouldn't have been doing this, but I was printing out on my breaks though. I was really good with my paperwork and I was done on time. I had the highest productivity because clearly I like organization. But nevertheless, I was printing out like 60 to 100 page Um, applications for insurance panels, because at that time, I didn't even believe that people would pay me private pay mindset. I also did not understand my worth or my value. Therefore, I was undercharging. I would just really ask people, what do you think you can pay versus telling them what I charge? Okay. After investing in me, investing in me included reading books, going to live events and wholeheartedly, to be honest, I did not have a business coach for therapists. I had a general business coach, which is why my journey took a little longer because, or a lot longer, because they could not understand why I couldn't do certain things that to me was unethical. Like I always give the example of like gathering testimonials. We can't just go and get our clients testimonials. It has to be done a particular way. They have to be in a certain phase after treatment. And then you have to get all of these things like, documented, right? So after doing different things to invest in myself that um, required money and it required time, I niched down and I learned how to say no. I got out of a state of fear and I moved into a state of faith. I got off insurance panels one by one. And in our program, we teach people how to evaluate insurance panels and then how to maneuver off of them in a particular order, right? Don't just go cold turkey. And then I also over time continue to increase my rate at the rate to where I am now. I spoke up with authority, meaning I was very confident with my services. I was confident with the transformation that I was giving my clients. And over time, I had social proof from the clients. Even if I couldn't share it online, they still let me know that I was killing the game with the fact that they were killing the game and what they were doing with their life, right? So I spoke up with authority and people were happy to pay my worth. Hear me. They were happy to pay the private pay fee or whatever their copay was and not miss a session and finish treatment. Why? Because I was invested and I showed how I was invested in their health. Therefore, I want them to show up the same way. But let's be clear. I'm not going to be walking ahead of you. I'm going to be walking alongside of you. So if you decide that you want to stay on chapter one for about six months, I'm laying you off. And I used to say that literally in my intake. If you don't want to put in a work over time, we're going to have to have a discussion. And yes, your girl do lay people off. <laughs> right? So they were cool with it. I really only had one client that voluntarily laid herself off because she was like, I ain't ready. I've been playing with you. Cool. You know, make it better for both of us. And she came back when she was ready. So what does having profits, a profitable mindset, a profitable business mean? It means that you have to take a quantum leap on faith. And the reason I have my pregnancy picture there is because I was pregnant at 38 years old. I was I already had a successful solo and group practice. I had various streams of income. And then the doctor put me on bed rest at five months pregnant. That was not in my plan, along with a C-section. So I really had to go based off faith because during that season, I couldn't really control my health. So my business slowed down, but it didn't slow my mind down. I had just invested in a $24,000 mastermind. I couldn't go to half of the events, but nevertheless, I got certified as a parent coach from the couch and got an A on my test, 
because that would not just help my clients. Hell, that would help my marriage because I'm in a blended family. Hello, am I speaking to anybody right now? Sometimes we probably need to get certified just to help our personal life. I filled up my caseload with a wait list. People who were willing to wait ethically, I made a disclaimer to them, letting them know to go find another provider if it's an emergency, but people were willing to wait for me and pay my private rate until I got off the couch. Right. I was able to build up different variations of now what is DTA coaching programs and masterclasses and learn how to create digital products, publish a digital version of my second book, all by having faith and sitting on the couch. I ain't even got into money yet. And I'm sitting here telling y'all a lot of you are sitting in fear. And that's why you don't see results in your business flat out. I can teach you everything in the book. Nothing matters if you always believe that you're going to fail, period. Okay. So, I learned over time how to bet on me. This is my son. Now I got two kids. This is my biological first child out of me. Okay. Emergency C-section, 38 years old when people told me that I would have to have surgery to potentially have a child. There's a whole podcast series and YouTube series on that. If you want to hear the whole story, because that's a whole nother untouched topic that a lot of women are going through that have already started their professional career and the health and the mindset of becoming a mother either the first time or again, is also what can prevent you from having a profitable practice. Well, how? If you're not right, your business is not going to be right. So learn how to bet on you in all aspects of your life, okay? So with that said, let me just put this out there because this actually happened recently, but it's been happening, you know, drip dropping in my DM and on YouTube, right? So one of the things that I was in fear of when I first started making my annual income held my monthly and at first my quarterly revenue, right? Is I started recognizing that internally, I had a hard time putting my success, whether it was tangible or non-tangible wins or telling people even in my community, my wins so that they can see what's possible for them. I had a hard time putting things out there because I was in fear of what I see now. Critics in your damn DM. Let me just let you know. Please, if you would like to, I still come from a humbling place, but I share what I've accomplished, whether it's in my family, whether it's a trip, whether it's in my closet, whether it's in my mindset, whether it's in my bank account to a degree, I will share to my community because I want them to believe that what I'm doing is possible for them. A little girl from Compton, if she can do it, anybody can do it. But what do I have that maybe some people are missing? I have learned how to utilize my resiliency of what I saw in the hood. And I just took that hood mentality and then I put it into school and then I put it into marketing. That's all. I'm a hustler by nature, but that don't mean that I hustle myself to sleep every day. Hell no. I practice abundance, but I use my background to fuel me. Okay. So with that said, when people first come across me, depending on what picture they see or what video they see, They'll see me saying, oh, I went shopping and bought a new Fendi jacket. Oh, I went shopping and found the last damn person in the country for the Fendi and Versace, uh, what is it, collaboration. I mean, no damn person's out, right? They may see me taking my family on a trip to London and Paris. They may see us saying that we're DVC, Disney Vacation Club members, and now we can go to Alani once or twice a year or however many times we want to go. That's all that people see, right? But this is what goes into my DM. You don't support black businesses. I've even saw somebody put a post yesterday saying that you need to worry about everybody else. And aren't therapists supposed to help other people? Aren't you supposed to heal other people? First, the fuck of all, excuse my language, not nobody knows what you do behind closed doors. 
So what you do and how you earn your wealth and how you choose to or how not to share with it. The only thing I'm asking of you is that you be in alignment with how you want to share your wealth. But I I challenge you to ask yourself that if you are called to even tell one person about your growth, but then you're called not to, like you pull yourself back, I want you to challenge yourself and ask yourself why. Because my husband is the one that pulled this out of me in a pandemic. And he was like, yo, don't you think the fact that you just had your 50K month, you don't think other therapists want to do that? Now, he don't talk as aggressively as me, but that's how I felt. He was like talking like, I get it. They probably do want to get excited. So I shared it within my community first. And then I slowly started to share it, not all the time, but on social media. But let me share this with you because I hope the goddamn critics looking right now. I serve all type of therapists. You don't have to be black. Nowhere in my black background does it say I stand for the black coalition. Do I love my black clinicians? Hell yeah. But I serve everyone. If you want a profitable business and you are a mental health provider, I am that girl if you want help. But bottom line is, let's be clear for somebody who say, I don't support fucking black businesses. Sir, get the fuck out of here. I don't serve black businesses. I don't serve black businesses. Let's keep going. I don't serve black businesses. Let's keep going because I hope they watching. I don't serve black businesses. Let's keep going. I don't serve black businesses. I hope y'all getting fired up even if you're not black because bottom line is I'm about impact, period. So we still don't serve black businesses, sir? So- Bottom line is, before we get into counting this money, my goal is that everybody pull up to the table. I went into our community this year and I said, everybody pull up to the table, everybody eating, period. And we is highlighted because I don't give a damn what color your skin is, everybody eating. If you want results, show up and pull a seat up to the table. My doors are not closed, period, okay? So what they don't see though, this is the part that fuels me and I have to pull back, watch yourself. Because abundance is not getting into a a situation online where then you feel like you out of character. Your girl woke up this morning and I started typing back on YouTube. And then what I decided to do was just block the person from my YouTube channel because I'm like, you trying to get me out of character. This ain't nothing but the devil is a lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to show up all the way and talk about abundance. And am I practicing what I preach if I get into a fuel with somebody who probably fake anyway, a damn bot or a troll? But what they don't see. So I'm just going to use my cursor because I want you to see how your impact shows up different behind closed doors. And I really hope that I'm speaking to somebody because I know I'm not the one that is behind closed doors, potentially crying, sweating, tired, feeling broke. Sometimes we go through phases. So this ain't in any particular order. But what I did is I went in my vault and I literally added these pictures like right before we went live. Okay, for your sake, not for the troll's sake. Okay, so what people don't see is me paying my own way, flying to D.C. for the Hinton Foundation, the Taraji P. Hinton Foundation. It was their very first year launching the program. I got called to be on the advisory board again as a volunteer. And then I chose to sit on a panel and talk about the revolving door of the juvenile justice system. I paid for me and my whole family to fly all the way out to D.C., and then I paid for a donation to go to a $500 dinner so that people could get free therapy. But they don't see that, though. They don't see me pregnant going to feed the homeless in South Central off the side of the 110 freeway. They do not see me going for free to go speak to kids about the bonuses of of having a mentor. They don't see during the pandemic having to turn on and off the mom switch because you got a two year old at home that was supposed to be in school. But you got people crying on your computer screen because it's therapy and it's the pandemic. They don't see that. They don't see me tirelessly recording podcast episodes or you recording content. They don't see you protesting 
for your civil rights, right? They don't see that. All they see is the damn purse in the background. They don't see the impact that you're making. They don't see the two surgeries that you took to get pregnant and believe that you can hold a baby full term. They don't see that you wanted to have a workshop full of 25 people, but only three kids showed up. I don't give a damn. I'm showing up like a thousand people there. They don't see you on the couch being a professor, showing up to a meeting and then running to go get your kid from school. They don't show you going to an event by yourself because your whole family is at home with COVID. And then when you get home three weeks later, you got COVID on your damn birthday. And I still hosted the event. It doesn't matter if I'm by myself. If people invested to be there and get an impact, I'm there. Why? Because everybody got to see that at the table. It's all about impact. What else don't they see? They don't see me showing up going to nonprofits, building mental health programs for people who get out of prison, you declare what you want your abundance to look like. You declare how you want to build your wealth. I choose certain things that will bring in a lot of revenue by making a big impact. And then I also choose what I call my lowest hanging fruit. I still have a private practice, but my private practice looks different. Put in, put a one in the comment box. If you know you don't want to be doing one-on-one therapy for the rest of your life, but that may be where you need to start just so that you can become a business owner and learn how to take care of your money. Because guess what? What we're going to get into today is that if you don't know how to take care of your basic money, you're not going to be able to take your annual revenue that turns into your quarterly revenue that turns into your monthly revenue. You ain't going to be able to handle that shit if you can't handle making $50,000 a year. And you burnt out already, sis, bro, it's not going to happen, right? So they don't see me going out into the community and taking my private practice on wheels so that I can teach people about trauma-informed care. Bro, seeing their bodies is not normal, even though the hood doesn't normalize it, but they don't see any of that, right? But you get the point. You get the point. So let's go ahead and get started with wealth is my beat. Put it to in the comment box if you hyped up. That was a hell of a long intro, but I felt called to restructure my slides based on, I believe, my higher power put that person in my DM for a reason because I felt like somebody needed to hear that message today. You're paying way too much attention to trolls on your social media platform and in your life and maybe even in your house. Get your mind right. So you're in the right place today, right? If you don't want to leave money on the table, if you want to release a poverty mindset, if you know you deserve to be rich and wealthy, two different things, rich, tangible, wealth, non-tangible mindset, okay? You're in the wrong place today. If you want to let your rich and wealthy ideas get buried in the cemetery, why? Because that's the richest place, place on earth. A lot of people die with dreams as a cloud because they're too scared and they don't want to sit in a, a, a state of being uncomfortable in order to get an abundance of results for the rest of their life. You're also in the wrong place if you just want to get by to pay your bills and pay your rent. If you've set up your private practice just to pay your bills, you broke. I don't give a damn what meme you send me in my DM saying, don't let people tell you you broke. As long as you can pay your bills, you ain't broke bullshit. If you ain't seen inflation right now, you broke. There is no more middle class. It's disappearing. We used to thrive off of middle class. It's going away. Either you're broke or you're wealthy. <laughs> okay. So choose which side of the boat you want to fall in. Okay. So you're also in the wrong place. If you want to be a therapist or mental health provider or whatever your title is, and you want to allow other people to defer your abundance. Oh no, don't take that vacation. Don't take that two week cruise because you can only do that when you're retired. Log off. All right. So get your pen and paper ready. We're going to first just introduce you briefly to what's called wealth temperature. And right now I'm going to reset your temperature. 
Okay. So um, what is a, a what's, what is the temperature of your financial thermostat? So what I want you to think about more for like after the workshop is what is the threshold of what you place your annual revenue to be or income to be in your life? So what some of us don't realize is that you constantly say, I want 10K a month. I want 10K a month. Then when you get 10K a month, you realize that maybe 10K is not enough, but you put a stop on what you wanted and you didn't declare more. Now, it'd be different if you say, I want to have a 30K month, but I know that I got to earn 10K first. That's different, right? So you got to learn how to reset your financial thermostat. So these are some of the things that you want to ask yourself as to why your financial thermostat is at the number that it's at. Did you know that your financial thermostat is hardwired from your upbringing all the way into adulthood, even going to graduate school and talking to professors with them telling you that therapists will be broke? Because that's what we were told. Um, it starts from early childhood. It's very observable behaviors. Um, you can hear other people talking about in terms of sounds, words that they use with how they describe the, the wealthy versus the poor, right? People reinforce thoughts about you just need to stay at your job and have benefits as though you can't pay $500 to make an additional $20,000 a month and be happy, right? Um, and also you hang around the wrong people. You entertain the wrong conversations over time. So this drawing right here is just showing you um, of the different versions of yourself that you can choose like where you want to go. So do you want to be a, in a state of surviving? Do you want to be in a state of poverty or do you want to be in a state of thriving, which means that if you thrive, ultimately you're going to reach a quantum leap because you are getting better and better at doing well for yourself in terms of money. Okay. So here's, let's do, let's do a brief assessment. Okay. So when you think about scarcity, question you ask yourself is, do you experience and put a yes or no um, in the chat box, right? So scarcity, do you experience more scarcity and lack of wealth and abundance? Meaning, do you focus more on what you don't have? Put a yes or a no in a comment box and be honest. Do you find yourself focusing more with your words or your thoughts? It's consuming more than the abundance part. Of, oh, how it is. Like watch your words. Your words dictate your reality. Simple laws of attraction from money to personal life. Desires. Do you believe that you can have what you desire or do you settle for what you think you can afford? So I'm not saying it's nothing wrong with going in steps, but don't cap yourself off. So what do I mean by that? If you want to take a trip to the Maldives and to Dubai on the way to one another, right? And you want to go business class that costs $25,000, this might not be your season. But if you can withstand a 14 hour flight in economy, for $700. And that's what you have to be able to experience it because maybe a 25 K seat won't happen for you until, I don't know, three years from now. Are you going to defer the $700 ticket with the life experience simply because you can't afford the $25,000 ticket? This is what we do. And I'm using that just as an example, because this is what people do in their business. I'm going to wait until I get all the money for the coaching program in my bank account versus do I have the deposit so that when I get in the program, she's going to teach me and then I have to implement what she teaches me. I have to show up to the coaching calls or I have to watch the replay. I have to log into the portal. I. So what, what are we saying? 
a lot of responsibility falls on you, but what do we do? We externalize the blame onto others as to why, or circumstances as to why we don't reach our money goals. And then you say, I can't afford it. Stop saying you can't afford it. Just say it's not, it's not the right time for me right now. The right time hell could be a week, but if you keep saying you can't afford it, you will never be able to afford it. Nothing. Okay. Belief system. Do you manage your money or do you just spend money? Write down money date, write down money dates. Actually put it in the comment box, write money date. You need to choose a day of the week, not a day of the month, not a day of the quarter, a day of the week to look at all of your money. You have to use the same CBT skill set or trauma skill set that you use with your clients and get out of your head. If you have fear and your stomach starts hurting when you physically have to open up your bank account or download the statement, there's some trauma there. You really need to pay attention to that. Maybe you are going in the, um, the route of not enough. So do you have more months than money? You spend all of your money on the 15th. You can't do shit with your life until the next 15th of the month. And if you don't like what I'm saying, that should trigger you that something needs to change. What I learned from my coach, some people are like, oh, you got to cut back. You got to cut back. No, you need to earn more money. Now, do you need to cut back logistically? Probably you need to look at how you spend. But if you're spending the bare minimum, you need to make money. So what you're doing is the bare minimum. Okay. Circles of influence. Are you the highest earner in your circle? That shit ain't cute. For you to be the highest uh, earner in anybody that you talk to, or even if you don't have like a mentor or coach, I believe that at minimum, hell, engage with people on the podcast, listen to people who are eight to 10 steps ahead of you in business structure and or in money or in lifestyle and or in travel or abundance. If you can't pay right now to be in a room with that person, you can pay to get an audible book. You can sit on YouTube for live and listen to Tony Robbins and Les Brown and Jim Rome all day long for free. Eric Thomas, I can keep going. I swear I can be Erica Thomas today. Like I am his coaching client, even though I'm not in a room with him. That's how I first start getting into personal development. Stop saying that you don't have the money to do something. You got a phone. You watching me, aren't you? Somehow you got internet pricing. Stop counting your clients money. Put a one in the comment box if I just stabbed you with that one. Some of y'all show up to the consultation and because somebody told you in their consultation form or they told you on the phone, I'm going through a rough patch. I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through a transition. I just lost my job. You decide to declare that they broke and they can't invest. You don't know how, how much money they spend. They just spent five racks on Christmas and they lost their job in November. You don't know where their money coming from. People will find money to pay for what they want to invest in, period. So stop shooting yourself in the foot and counting people's pockets. That's not your job. Your job is to show up, tell people what you do well, A plus B equals C. What did we talk about yesterday with Niche? Go back and watch the replay. Understand how to articulate the value of your service. And if people ready to go into therapy with you, into a therapeutic relationship, they're going to show up. If they're not ready, it's probably a good idea they don't start with you because if you make them start with you, they're bringing that same broke mindset into um, a lack situation for therapy. And guess what? You're going to have to lay their ass off anyway. Think about that. Because at some point, the $50 ain't going to be able to get paid. Or they may say they ain't got it because you let them slide. Okay? Humans. So food for thought. The truth about money and what I'm going to do, make sure that you stay on. I'm going to introduce the truth about money. 
Then I'm going to bring, bring on a guest for literally seven to 10 minutes. And then I want you to pull out your paper because we're going to do an activity together. Okay. So the truth about money, right? Money likes direction, hashtag allocation. You need to have an assignment for your money. Where is your money going? If you get $2,500 every single Friday from a job stream of income or your private practice, where is that $2,500 going? You should have it assigned already. Spiritually, you are supposed to be rich. I don't know nowhere in the big book, anybody's big book. I don't care what spirituality you practice. I don't know any spirituality that heightens that you should be broke. Okay, like this Bible verse tells me that we should live in poverty. Please DM me and show it to me. Okay, Um, money does not like to be neglected. Hashtag stop showing up. So just like a relationship or your ex boo to stop showing up, I want you to ask yourself, instead of evaluating what they did wrong, why don't you evaluate yourself? Sit on the other side of the couch because we don't like to look in the mirror. How did you show up or not show up? How are you neglecting them? Because it's not always the other person. We play a role in things not working out. And it could simply be you chose the wrong person at the wrong time, right? So I'm going to bring on a guest and we're going to um, talk briefly about what money looks like on your own in private practice. So I want to bring to the live stream, Miss Kelly. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist from California. And she is also an alum of BTA for a year now or a little over a year. Yes, I just had an anniversary. Yeah, yeah, we did an anniversary call in the uh, Facebook group. All right, so can you tell the uh, viewers who are watching live or on the replay, where were you at before you joined the program in terms of private practice, but specifically even money mindset with how you charge? Okay. In the beginning, basically just holding on to a prayer that I had an idea that I wanted to do something different. Um, You mentioned in the beginning of your call, just like not having any guidance in the beginning. And so I did that. I did the like looking online, looking at a bunch of different stuff. I had been following you for a while. You know, we, you know, talked about that before. And I had other friends that had gone into private practice, but not really like out of community mental health, Mm. you know? Um, And so I knew like I had a timeline. That's all I had was like, I know what I want to do at this time, but I, but I also had so much fear. Like there was this, like this heavy laden fear of like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Who, who's going to come see me? Like the imposter syndrome was at its highest for a very long time. So it just constantly, um, made me feel, I just felt like I was just not going to get there, not going to get there. So, and I, I wrote down my numbers because you always say, know your numbers. So, (laughs) um, so in a nutshell, I, in December of 2021, I joined, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start the year investing in myself. I had a, I had a, I had a come to Jesus moment with my husband. And you know what he said to me? He said, look, you spent thousands of dollars to get the education that you needed to do the things that you're doing right now. And my biggest, he was like, you are a phenomenal therapist, but you have nothing, you have no knowledge of what to do in running a business. Those are two different things. He's like, so what's, what's a few more dollars. And Mm I was like, well, I want to highlight something. Support system is key, key. especially with people who live in your house, especially people who you share financial decisions with. 
it is key to have somebody who either, if you got to roll with them, you you need to uh, without them, or you have somebody that's cheering you on because that's going to keep you going. So that, that was good for well, some people here. You know, and that's, that's something that's huge because though I have like in my, in my family unit, my system, um, a lot of strong support and colleagues that have become, you know, friends and family are, are also very like supportive too, but we operate very, very differently. So like, me investing in this program, it was like, oh, no, 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 you could do that on your own. You just go on some YouTube. And I'm like, I don't learn that way. Like, I need guidance. I need somebody, you know, I need a team of people <laughs> to guide me into like, how do, how do I, I knew that there was fundamental things that I needed for the foundation of the kind of business that I wanted to do. But as far as managing it, and being an owner, being a therapist, being an accountant, basically, in some ways. All these things. Look, there were so many, there were so many hats that I was wearing in just thinking about opening it. So that's key because I had not opened it yet. Yeah. I was still now, that's what I was going to ask you because some like so. No. Let me just explain this to the viewers. What we choose to do when we have like virtual parties is I try my best because we have different versions of clinicians on here. I try mm -hmm. our best to pull from our community and see who's available, who wants to speak and share their story, but also who's coming from different walks of life because not everybody starts at the same playing field, but that doesn't mean you can't end up in the same program and in the same place. Yes. Oh, so like, so you didn't have a practice and no then you practice. started. Okay, you're licensed. Okay. I was in a group practice. I left a community mental health job at the same time. My friend, colleague, sister, Fermana, all of that left at the same time. And I left in, in, in fear into another, somebody else's practice. And she was like, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it on my own. But I was, you know, no practice. I was a year license. I had an idea. I joined DTA. It took me a few months to do the blueprint because I still couldn't wrap my brain. What's the blueprint? Tell them uh, what in general, what the blueprint is. The general, generally like this idea, this, um, these like fundamental steps of like what it's going to look like as how I'm going to run my business. How I'm going to structure it. Wh who, who am I going to even see? Like, who do I even want to see? Cause I knew, I knew that there were certain dumb, you know, certain age groups I didn't want to deal with. There were, you know, certain things that I felt like really strongly connected to. And I knew in my heart, like I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to frame it. Okay. So basically this, like, it was like a framework. It was like this idea of like how to not, right. You call yeah. It it's, the, it's the mapping. And for everybody who was, who tuned in yesterday, it's, it's not necessarily just niche because we said a plus B equals C. Yeah. But what she's referencing is our foundational business plan. If we want to use regular language, mm -hmm is in the first module. And what I usually tell people to make or break their understanding of their business mm -hmm. is that if you do the blueprint, the rest of the program is fairly smooth selling. I'm not going to say easy because easy is based on how you show up in your oh, business. Oh, it's simple. Not yeah, but it, simple. It, it pretty much covers all the other modules, but then all the other modules just are broken down now, now that you have the blueprint. Well, and also too, like when I'm thinking about like what grad school is like, that's always been my biggest thing is that grad school did not prepare me to be a business owner. Grad school prepared me to be a phenomenal therapist. This. Exactly. Well, let me let me back up. <laughs> Again, let me hold up. Because you learn that later. <laughs> my experience gave me the, the yeah. ability and, to be the phenomenal therapist that I am. Yeah. But the the education and the schooling got me the ticket to get there. Yeah. I needed to know how to run a business. So talk I, about um because this came into our DM a few times. Talk about 
the numbers in terms of caseload? Because some people are very logical, like, okay, you came in with no clients. How long did it take you to get your first client? Was it private pay or insurance? Like, girl, tell me the beats. Like, okay. they want to know. Here, here's the rundown. I finally took a leap and I said, I'm going to do it. I opened up May 1st. I had this idea of, you know, maybe mental health awareness month. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start it. And so I had all of the things like lined up to be able to literally be all the different, you know, systems that I needed in place to accept my first client at the most basic level. Like, you know, I could, I could do a note, like I could do a note. I could, you know, charge a client. It was all cash pay at the time I had known that being on insurance panels was going to take a long time. So I definitely was framing it a lot of like, I'm just accepting self-pay. My first DTA meeting gave me um, insight into like what price point I was going to be at. And I learned how to pause. Mm. So um, magic or magic word. (laughs) I was pause with fearful, right? So it was May 1st, I opened in 2022. I did not see those my numbers. I did not get my first client on May 30th at my self-pay rate at that time. So which, talk to talk to us briefly about patience. How what how did that feel inside? Because that's uncomfortable. Um <laughs> for some people. <laughs> I I will say having there was a lot of things that were happening also in the background being in the group practice because I was also trying to figure out how to like in my own integrity, like leave this place, but also knowing that I needed to put myself first regardless of what was happening. But I also knew that I didn't want to just like cut and run. Right. So I, um, I did end up leaving in August of that year. So like May, June, July, August, I, you know, a lot of things happened in between. Um, I had reduced a lot of my caseload in that group practice and I just, it was a prayer. I, (laughs) Well, like, no, no, but I'm, I'm, I wanted you to, I, like, but was, I liked how you highlighted the timeline though, because what I, what I was wanting them to hear, cause we talked about it yesterday. To, yeah. Well, you just didn't go cold Turkey and say, I'm hosting a group practice. I mean, my own but practice, let me lead this group. Because I like, was no, thinking, no, no, yeah. no, exactly. Cause I was still thinking like, oh, my timeline is going to keep getting pushed back. If I'm only getting one client and like by the, like by the end of the month, I can't live on one client a week. Like I, so part of DTA was like learning, like knowing what my goal was financially and then kind of having an idea of like how many clients that I need in a week to be able to do that. Am I, am I taking into consideration retention for the week or cancellations? So it was a lot, it was was fear. And it was also like a lot of faith and a lot of like, just do one thing at a time. And so that period was like, somewhat discouraging at first, but I will say that the thing that continued to maintain this like mindset shift of um, like, it's going to be okay. Is that nothing good happens quickly. Yeah. Marathon. (laughs) It was was like (laughs) a marathon. Um, I was a sprinter in high school and I started long distancing in my adulthood. I know. I know the difference between training for a marathon than it is training for like a hundred meter dash. You know what I mean? But it was like, no one foot in front of the other. It's, it's going to be okay. And then also my accountability group, I, you know, I'm always going to talk about, I don't have a partner. I don't have an accountability partner. I have a, I have a team. How many of you are in your group just so people can get an idea of what they can look like? Right now. I want to say there are, oh gosh, 
Because you all, you all have added people. Like, what, like, opened it at one point? You sure did. You know what? Look. Because some of them are on here watching. I know. <laughs> More of the merrier. You know what? I can't tell how many, but I want to say that there's, like, six or seven of us. I'm in California, and only, like, four. Yeah, there might be eight, actually, because there's... No, one in one in Florida, one in Texas, and the rest of us are in different parts of California. Okay, where's your caseload at now? Because people are oh, giving you your feedback. Where, so where's your caseload at right now, and how long did it take you to fill it up? I have right now thirty-four clients on my caseload. Twenty of those are weekly clients, and the um, about eight of those are biweekly clients, and I move them back and forth as I can, as I can. Um, and I want to say about three or like monthly, hmm. I, um, I will take about 40, I think, or maybe I might be done about like 35 as a caseload because I know that my sweet spot of like, where I'm not counting my money, but I'm also like not sweating is like about 20 people in a caseload. Mm -hmm. And I schedule about 24 to 28 the number that I thought was really important for me to know is not just how many am I seeing in a week, but how many do I need in a month? Like how many sessions do I need? And I know that like, you know, between like the 34 clients that I have right now, like the only reason why I don't have that many clients this week is because I'm taking some time off on Thursday, Friday. I do want to put this up here. Can you address this before we, because we're just to let everybody know, I know some people are like, have a client at 12, Oh yeah. but if you can make sure that people stay on, if you can, if not come back and watch the replay of the second mm -hmm. half, because I'm going to start going over numbers, but can you answer this last question? What is your, what is your makeup of your clientele between self-paying insurance? Out of the 34 clients, I want to say 15 are insurance and the rest are self-pay and they, and they range too. I will say this because one of my values um, in my business is integrity and accessibility. I do believe that mental health needs to be accessible. And I knew that like in my timeline, how I wanted to do that, I was, I was thinking of me, gente. I was like, you know, like, how do I, you know, I can't even afford my rate sometimes. Like if I'm thinking, about it. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even see me, but um, I, when there's self-pay and I, you know, my rate actually has increased, but I will say, this is my rate. This is your investment in, you know, weekly sessions with me. And I wait. And if they kind of have like some, you know, like nervousness, I ask them like, okay, well, I don't do sliding scale mm -hmm. one. Cause I do insurance, but also um, in accessibility, I asked them, I said, well, what do you think you can't afford to come for weekly sessions? If it's something that I can, I can do we can explore that together. If not, then we can find somebody that can, you know, accommodate what your needs are. And I, maybe it's like half my rate, which I feel comfortable. It's still going to give the me insurance panel, yeah. that I, with the insurance panels, any, any like reduced rates and then like full pay clients, I'm still getting exactly what I need to, to hit financial goals. Yeah. That so let, let me, let me, say, let me say this to the audience. Cause I'm like, let, let, let me not have you say so much though. <laughs> so let me give a disclaimer in our program. We say that sliding scales are actually not allowed. And the reason for that is more embedded into our discussion in our program, but I want clinicians to show up as 
Kelly has clearly demonstrated and talked about. I want you to be confident in the price point that you choose based off of where you are and just know that where you start is not where you're going to end. So what she just referenced in non-foreign language, especially for our newbies, is that some clinicians may choose to get on insurance temporarily or just in general, but they may choose how many clients I want to dedicate to insurance panels. And then like after that, I'm not taking no more. And then some of them may specifically look at how much are these panels reimbursing me? And this is my threshold of what I refuse exactly. to be for. So if I want $95 at my lowest, cause I want to serve people who need accessibility and only got 10 of those openings. These other panels that's trying to pay me 75, even though they send me 20 clients a month, I cannot be on that panel because that's not in alignment with my core values for my company. Right. And I know, and I think that that's based on a lot of like how many clients, like I know I'll take half my, well, half my caseload can be insurance and the other half can be self-pay and it, it, I'm, I'm Okay. But yeah, look at look say, at this one. Yes, this one is interesting. So, uh, Brittany is talking. So, um, Ricardo said I was confused about sliding scale. I am just learning that if you offer it to one, you have to offer it to all, exactly. and that's more of a mindset. You don't have to, but you may feel like you need to because oh, also if we work I in the community, speak, people talk. Oh, I can speak to this too. Okay, so my accountability partner Melissa and I, you guys, you, I think you had her yesterday, right? I was having this like like internal struggle of like also that too, because I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm like not even nine months into my business. Wow. <laughs> I'm only nine months into my business and like I'm making decisions of like what it might look like in two years. And I literally had those conversations. Like what am I okay with versus like how long do I feel like this is going to be for me? And then, you know, what are my future goals and plans for my business anyways? And like expanding and, and looking at bigger you know, bigger ideas. And at the end of the day, right now, in this season, I, I'm i giving myself a time like I will be good with this up to two years. And then I'm going to start weeding off of insurance panels because I know that this is what I needed for me to build the kind of caseload that, you know, that I want uh, to serve the population and the and the problems and the and the, you know, the things that I want to work on. Um, all but one of those clients is my ideal client. I will tell you that's that. Dope. That's dope. That's dope. Because I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. And then when they don't call back, I don't chase. But yes. but yeah, like I I know what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to say to a client like, what can you afford? What does this look like for you? And and have those have those come exactly. All it, all it is, is like, nothing, you know, it's a marathon. I don't have to run the whole thing. Yeah. So listen, I'm like, I, you got a lot of actual comments in the chat box. I just don't like to put them up because then it I distracts people who are talking like, wait, what? Um, but I want to thank you because there's something that you kind of said as we wrap up that I just want to say in summary, and I want people to hear this. She presented her timeline. She talked about her willingness to be patient. She talked about her willingness to run and train herself for a business marathon. She utilized her support system to fuel her up. She utilized her accountability group to fuel her up. And they still meet to this day and they're continuing to this grow. Because right? so they, they all in the chat box right now. Um, but one of the things that I, the last thing I want to highlight is you shocked yourself because I saw it in your emotion. Put a one in the comment box if y'all mm. saw it when she was like, oh, nine months. I was Meaning like, she was able to hit that goal in nine months. And I, I have a part in today's topic where we're going to talk about 
Like sometimes we overestimate a timeline when we can hit it a lot shorter if we utilize the tools that are very specific and cater to our goals and what we're supposed to work on. So I want to thank you for showing up today and congratulations you. on your one year anniversary in December. Yes. With us. Oh, it's so good. And we'll, and we'll see like each that. other in um, January because we have I our call in January. This, this last thing. I know that if, if people are on the fence about this, you, you just need to jump off the fence and just keep, keep moving forward. Um, we don't come to this. I know for me, I don't come to this greatness alone. Everything that I have is good in my life is because there's, there's a hand of, of something bigger than me on it. And I got to just show up. So if you're here already, you've already showed up halfway like this. Yes. Come on through oh. Kelly. Okay. Say that again. We meet in January 31st. Let <laughs> me <laughs> write that down. <laughs> All right, girl. I'm going to hop off. I'm, well, I'm not going to hop off. I'm going to hop over to the slides and we shall stay connected. Thank you so yes. much. Everybody. Thank, thank Kelly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Did y'all like that? Did y'all like that? All right. So hope you got your pen and paper. You are motivated. You can see how different people's practices based off of how you want to create your practice can look different because it's based on how you want to set it up, right? So let's jump into this money game. All right. So let's do a money check. Um, wealth. Okay. This is something that you usually I have you do this in the chat box, but I know we're a little over time, but this is something that also is in your workbook spelled out. Okay. So something you want to evaluate is what is your number in terms of how much you currently charge for individual services? Okay. Another um, thing you want to think about is how much do you currently charge for additional paperwork? Now, I do want you all to put that number in the chat box, whether you are an existing private practice owner or a new one. How much do you want to charge for general paperwork? Like somebody says, I need to go back to work, not a full in, uh, a, a, a psychological assessment. If you already have a practice, do you actually charge for paperwork? If you do put that amount in the chat box, be honest with yourself. If you're like, shit, I don't charge them nothing. I already charge them 150 to 200 it's just like me doing an extra one paragraph or something. So I don't charge them anything, put zero. But identify how much you charge, at least on your paper or in the chat box, for additional paperwork. Now, something else I want you to write down on your paper is how many hours do you spend um, on administrative work a week? Because this is, this is where we start getting into clinicians undervaluing even how much you um, charge people for therapy because you don't look at the whole picture. You just look at the 45 minute or 50 minute session, or maybe if it's family, you do 60, 75 or 90 minutes. If it's like a bigger family, right? So some people put zero, 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 zero charge at this time, but it's been a thought lately. Um, some people sessions are 45 to 55 minutes or 45 to $55. I can't settle of a cost and fees zero. And let me just let you know too, if you're on insurance panels, and somebody's asking you to write them a letter to go back to work based on your mental health assessment and whatever you're doing is legal, unless the insurance panel in your contract said you cannot write a letter and charge them, you can, but just know your panel's paperwork and all panels work differently. So for the sake of time in this activity, I'm just going to say that your therapeutic or a clinician's therapeutic services is $100 per session just for this activity. So I want you to just Put it on your pen and paper, and I want you to follow along because I need you more so to pay attention to how you feel. And based on how you feel, feel free to share it in the chat box with us, okay? So um, how much money is left on the table? 
right? So the goal of you knowing your numbers is to calculate your true hourly rate, your true hourly rate. Let's see how much money you have left in your bank account. So let's just say I'm going to be using my cursor. Let's just say you charge $100 per session. Now, what you can do when we're done today is go and do this again, watch the replay, and then plug in your real numbers, okay? Because that's really where you're going to be moved. But $100 per session. Next, let's think about how many clients you see per week. So let's just say you are full-time in the beginning phases. You're not scaling yet. You're just getting your bearings, getting your money right. You see 30 clients on average a week. Okay, so let's just do some basic math. Four weeks in most months equal 120 hours because you're seeing 30 clients times four. Basic math. And this is why people don't want to look at your numbers because you feel like it's calculus. I'm not asking you to do calculus. I'm asking you to do addition, subtraction, and basic division. Okay, so um, and multiplication. Okay, so then I want you to think about well, how many hours does it take me to do paperwork? Now, paperwork can consist of any insurance paperwork, if that's what you do, including online, it can be treatment plans, intake forms, quality assurance, reviewing your paperwork, terminating cases, finding referrals. Um, it can be a lot of stuff. But let's just say you dedicate 10 hours for private practice client work, maybe even finding homework assignments or creating them that you don't count. Put a one in the comment box if that just spoke to you. You may not even realize how much shit you're doing because you're saving therapeutic homework on Pinterest while you're scrolling. Well, you've been on Pinterest for an hour. You've been on therapist tools or therapist aid for an hour and a half in between clients because that's fun for you because you're thinking about the transformation for your clients, but you're not charging your clients none of that, but you've just used 90 minutes of your time per day, right? So let's just on average say you spent 40 hours a month on paperwork, okay? So let's put this all together. 30 clients a week times four weeks in a month is 120 client hours. You get paid $100 per client. So $100 times 120 client hours is $12,000. So if I'm, if you're here, you may say, calculate, you may just say, this is how much I charge, this is how many clients I see, this is how much I make. That's all most therapists do if they don't understand business structure. So some people may say, I'm good. I make $12,000 a month. So then as a coach, I'm going to say, okay, great. Did you count in your administrative time that was not paid, aka those paperwork hours or whatever you're doing for clients? And you're going to probably say potentially no, right? Now, can a lot of things that I'm doing be hired out? Of course they can. But in order to hire, it still requires time. I'm, I'm looking at stuff in the chat box. So to hire somebody, let's just pause for a second. Hiring requires you to, to put together a job description that you got to create. You should not create a job description based off one you find online just outright because the person you're looking for needs to match your core values that we teach in the framework activity in the blueprint that we talked about when Kelly was online. People need to align with where your business goes. So you're just not looking for somebody who can do a VA task or a biller. You're looking for people's energetic flow that matches with you. Because if it doesn't, that's going to mess up your money. Then because you're the only one right now, unless you got money stored aside to hire an HR team, which is not a joke, then you got to sit down and hire people. You got to interview people. You may have to send people through one or two rounds to get to know them. 
that's still administrative time. So can you hire people? Absolutely. Do I want you to? Hell yes. But is there a process that needs to be in place that, yeah, we do it and we give it to you in DTA? Of course, right? So going back to these numbers, once we look at 100 times um, 120 client hours, that's 12,000 bucks. Cool. Then we got to look at 40 hours potentially of paperwork time. So what I do is I like for you to think about what money you're leaving on the table based off of time, because to me, time is wealth. You want your time back. So instead of me saying, instead of you saying, well, I didn't get paid for those hours, but it's cool. I wanted to do it. I'm going to say, no, 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 let's, let's reframe. And instead of you looking at what you gained in terms of a homework assignment for your client, I'm going to say your at least right now, your time is worth a hundred dollars an hour per client that you charge. And you spent 40 hours a month doing all these things and you didn't charge anybody for it. So you've wasted $4,000 in time. Now, if we put that into a mathematical sense in a percentage calculator, you've lost 33% of your revenue in time. And really what I want you to think about is if you did have a system or someone to do that for you, or maybe if you learn how to increase your rates over time, that was conducive to your clientele and it made sense for you to be spending your time doing those things until you can hire somebody, then that would that would sound better because at least you're getting paid. And if you get your time back, you can then go make more money with less time. I don't want you to confuse it with, oh, I got 10 hours back because I hired a VA. My question will be, okay, now what you doing with those 10 hours? You can choose to say five hours, we'll go back to my family. But the other five hours, I really want to go into my church and other churches and do workshops. I want to go into community and do master classes and seminars on the weekend and get paid a thousand dollars an hour for my time. Now we talking, now we talking about scalability, but how can we talk about scalability? I want to open up a group practice or people are in my DM. DTA is only for a solo practice. I need that mastermind. I need a group practice. Well, are you making at minimum 10 to 12 K months consistently? And have you already hired people? Do you know your core values? Don't tell me you want to scale if you ain't even hired your first hire yet. You ain't serious about scaling, but you need to scale in order to get your true time back and to earn more money because you cannot clone yourself. But in even to hire someone, you got to understand your numbers. So learn how to be okay with checking them. So let's keep going. Okay. Um, put a one in the comment box if you are getting this. Okay. So do we base this off of your average rate? Yes. So let's just say if, and this is, that was a loaded question. So let's just say if one client pays 200, one client pays 150, what I would like you to do if you want to know your real number, even with insurance panels, is look at your caseload, list them out, put the number of how much you make collectively with a copay or private pay all together from each client, calculate how much you make every single week and count if they come every other week, like week one, I make 2000, week two, I only make 1500, week three, I make 3500 because my once a month clients come, you got to know your schedule. Then when you add all that up in a month, you can divide it by four, you can divide it by how many days you work in a month. That's a complicated verbal answer, but you got to find the average is what I'm saying. Okay. So let's just break this down some more. Initially, you said, I see 30 clients a week, four weeks in a month. So I work 120 client hours. So again, just as a reframe for you to look at your time differently, $100 times 120 client hours is really not 12,000 if we're looking at time wealth. What you really made is 8,000 because you forgot to count your administrative time. Your time is still worth money, believe it or not, because you weren't giving it to your family. You were giving it to Pinterest and Instagram and TikTok, okay? Or Hope Mark and you think hopefully somebody gonna be in your DM. 
right? So did you forget? Oh, this is a big one. Did you forget about your clients going to Tulum on their birthday? Going on family vacation to Florida Walt Disney World? I just don't want to do nothing during the month of Christmas. What about your birthday? You want to go on a Disney cruise. You want to go to the Maldives. You just want to do nothing. You forgot to calculate that in your money, but you sitting here telling me you make on a consistent basis 12 racks, right? So again, same equation, same 8,000, but oh, we got to calculate in your annual revenue that some of your months based off the clientele you serve and you got to understand patterns. So after a year of being in private practice, you should be able to look back and see your patterns if you still serve the same community right? If you change niches, then that might be a little different based off of kids schedule versus adult schedule. So for example, typically people who either work with kids or work with people who have children, June and, June and September may be slower months. Why? June is usually graduation, relocation of kids going to college, people going on family vacation. And what is September? Starting over, going back to work, going back to school. So I'm not saying that your caseload will be this, but I'm just giving you an example of how you need to look at, is your caseload truly consistent every single month throughout the whole year? No, look at your data. So um, also November and December, for some of you, it may be higher. For some of you, it may be lower, okay? What about your vacation? Do you plan your vacation based on your slow months? Or do you plan vacation when you feel like it, which means that you're technically taking off way more time with your money because your clients may take off in June and September and you take off November and December because that's when your kids are out of school. But we don't calculate none of that in your numbers. OK, so money wealth check. This is when it all comes together. The assumption when I first asked this fake clinician how much money they made, they said twelve thousand dollars because they did basic multiplication. But I'm going to say, well, the reality of it is, if we're looking at true business ownership mindset and wealth with time, you sis, bro, you only got paid $8,000. And they like, that's a lie. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, then I'm going to say, well, let's break it all the way down. But you may not like me. Okay. So the truth of the matter is out of 12 months in a year, you really only had based on that June and September, November and December schedule. That's an example. You really only had eight real full months. Put a one in the comment box if you like, damn, I never thought about it like that. And yours may not look like that, but am I waking up something inside of you to count your numbers differently? Because this is how some of y'all have more month than money. This is how some of y'all don't never have money during Christmas. This is how some of y'all, when you do see an investment, you can't pay for it because you got more month than money because you don't know how to calculate your numbers. Okay. So you really only had eight real months at $8,000 if we count the time. Then, I'm going to throw that like monkey wrench in there and I'm going to say, you also have four slow months, which means that instead of 8,000, let's count that down to 4,000. You sit there telling me 12? No, no, no. That's half of your caseload didn't show up. <laughs> and we're going to hope that the other half shows up. So at first you said 12, then we said eight. Now we got 4,000. That stings a little bit, right? Like, God damn, right? So what is your real annual number? So I'm going to move through this now that I went slower and I hope that you got the equation now. Check your numbers. Assumption. I see 120 clients a month. I make $100 per client on average. I see clients throughout the year. You ain't told me about no damn vacation or nothing. So you then say, sis, I'm winning. I got six figures on my own. I make $144,000. And you may not even say gross revenue. I may then say gross or net. <laughs> right? Lucky I didn't stick out my tongue on that. <laughs> so check your numbers. Real full months is 120 client hours times $100 per client times eight months. 
That's the $8,000, $96,000 gross revenue. That's what you're telling me. But then I'm like, well, you know, we, we got more, we got more. Okay. You forgot within that $8,000 to subtract that, uh, administrative time. Okay. So really your 96 goes to 64. And I'm not saying that this is everyone's story. I'm just trying to show you a blatant example of how counting your numbers is so important where you could be missing half of your damn revenue because you you ain't counted all your numbers correctly. Okay. So that's the full months. I'm not even going to say this, but the part-time months, you were initially saying, oh, you know, 24,000, you say it like the 4,000, you know, like area, but I'm like, no, you didn't count because you may be like, well, if I only work half of the time, that means that I made all that money. I don't need like paperwork time. Well, no, you might be doing hope marketing. You still doing admin. You trying to figure out what the hell is going on in your back office. So you thought you were bringing 24K during those four months. No, you out there just posting shit online that ain't leading to nothing. That's still time. So if we're counting your time, your real revenue is actually 8,000. Because I'm taking out all of your time, sis. Your time is valuable. So if you didn't get the numbers, it's fine. Bottom line is you can't count your numbers based on a flat out, let me just count how many people I saw. So really what I'm sharing with you is that some people assume that this is their gross revenue, but they're not counting time, administration, hiring, doing paperwork, and all the things related to overhead. And then you, if we do this, then you're like, well, I'm still good. I make 72,000, but wait, there's more. Put a three in a comment box if you don't even like this damn slide. You just now said, all right, well, I'm cool with the 72 racks. Now I just got to like figure out how to increase my rate and my value. But you forgot about office expenses because that's just how much you make. You didn't calculate office expenses. Telehealth still costs. EHR still costs. Your licensure every two years still costs. CE still costs. You don't even know how to be a business owner. Coaching programs cost. Audible's cost. Amazon shipments cost because you're trying to read every damn book because you don't want to take the shortcut and let somebody teach you cost. Entity structure costs because now that you're making more money, you need to up level to an LLC, an escort. You don't want to do that shit. You don't, don't want to mess with the IRS. So now you need to hire a CPA. Now you want to forecast your numbers. Oh, but wait, we forgot to calculate employee and employer taxes on yourself because now you got an escort. So what is your real profit is the question because now you sitting here saying you get 72,000, but let's just say after all this, you say, well, I'm still good. I'm making 50,000. I said, well, out of the 50,000, how much are you paying yourself? Matter of fact, how much does it cost for you to live, especially in California? Shit. If you ain't making six figures, you in poverty in California, in New York, it's ridiculous. Put a one in the comment box or a three. Hell, I said earlier, if you like, well, damn, because let me let you know, within your expenses, you should also calculate how much you need to take home. Profitability is running your business, paying yourself because you don't work for free, and what is left over. So stop running around here talking about you profitable when you're not. Because if y'all should say red after you put in your payroll, that also means you don't know your numbers because you're overpaying yourself. And that may simply mean you need a CPA, but you need to know your numbers. So food for thought. You can't invest. So some people are like, I want help. I want help. I want DTA or I want to buy a book or whatever you want to do, right? But you can't. Why? Simply because you don't know your numbers. 
Literally, when I started learning my numbers better and forecasting that if I do this, this how much money I'm going to make, this how much money going to be in my bank account, I just now need to show up and do those things. I now have an investment account just for coaching. Me and my CPA sat down in December and I, he said, how much money are you going to spend in coaching? I'm like, I'm in that mastermind. I'm flying out here to see that person. I'm flying first class. And so he calculated it all for me. And he said, well, this is how much money you're going to have to make bet. Because at the end of the day, I'm still making an impact on my community not to fly first class, but I'm going to get there and I'm going to fly comfortable. Hell, I'm 5'8". I ain't trying to be crunched up in economy for no 10 hours if, or at five hours of where I'm flying. That's just my preference. But at the end of the day, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm going somewhere to collapse the timeline to help me get better at my business so I can help my clients get better at their business. The teacher still gets taught. Okay. So sometimes you may not be able to make the investment simply because you don't know how to crunch your numbers. Okay. So here's some wealth tips. Success. Are you willing to pay the price now to be successful later? Some of you are so in the I'll wait until mindset that you don't realize that you're going to look up and until will be five years from now. And technology will drastically change in terms of what you thought you were learning five years ago with what you're going to learn five years from now. Patience. Can you deal with delayed gratification? That's what Kelly talked about. She delayed going all in at her full-time private practice, and she started slowly building as she was in somebody else's group practice. And then she slowly started to decrease that caseload, but she had to bet on herself to know that she was going to make money over here, right? Faith. Faith without works is dead. You could join DTA all day long. If you don't do the, the activities and show up and ask questions based on your personalized private practice, it don't matter how much information you have if you can't take action. Okay, your ethnicity doesn't automatically grow your business. Now, let me just put this out there because 2020 done told y'all a lie. I'm going to specifically talk to my black and brown clinicians, especially the black ones. In 2020, mental health in the black and also the brown community was at an all time high. It was across the board at an all time high, but I'm talking about people who did not want to go to therapy. Put a one in the comment box whether you're black or not. And you saw it like, damn, people of color are really seeking therapy to the point where. It was like caseloads were getting filled up by the days, by the seconds, to the point where therapists who were had been in business or had just entered business, they all of a sudden started to think, oh, building a private practice ain't hard. And then all of a sudden, June of 2021 hit. December of 2021 hit. 2022 hit. December inflation 2022 hit. And all of a sudden... Some of their clients lost their job. They ain't got that insurance. Some of the clients change shifts where they want to do. They want to own their own business. I can't pay your private pay. All of a sudden, people start going back to normalization, to what it is defined as in 2022, which means that you actually have to go out there and market. But you thought that 2020 was going to stay the same. So please note, our economy goes up and down. Your business ownership mindset needs to remain the same in terms of knowing that our economy continues to evolve, so I need to continue to learn what's new in terms of how I show up better in my business. So um, failure, are you ready to meet failure dead in the face? We talked about that yesterday. Entrepreneurship, business ownership has its ups and downs like a cyclone, okay? So reflection, what is your definition of wealth? My definition is time is wealth. When I can do what I want, when I want to do it, with whom I want to do it with, that's wealth to me. And time is the one thing you can't get back. Somebody can show up to a DTA call every single year, once a year, as long as I'm coaching it and be good. But you can't get time back. You can't get yesterday back. That is actually the one, write this down. That is the one 
currency that no one on earth can get back. You can build a time machine, but you cannot go backward. It ain't gonna work, right? So it is not a prerequisite to be broke and burnt out before, hear me out, before you leave your job. You should not wait until, like, I went out on a panic attack, but luckily I already had a group practice. So it was an easier transition for me. But please don't wait until you just having panic attacks every day to say, I can't do it no more. I need to leave this job. Like, no. Soon as you realize you want to have a practice, soon as you realize you want to scale your practice, you need to go get information to help you do that. Okay. You don't need to be broke and burned out before you decide to open up a business. You also don't need to be broke and burned out before you decide to expand your business. Soon as you have an idea, go after it. Just because you learned it, you can say, you know, this boot camp is cool, but I don't need no more help. If you're not living it, I don't give a damn if you read a book every single day. I just told my community this. It is not a competition for you to say, I'm going to read 12 books in a year. Congratulations. Are you living the books? You can't possibly live the books if you read one and they like Stephen King novels and shit once a month. You implemented everything in the book that quick? Come on, slow down. Is it in your bank account? Now, I'm not saying I'm a butthole to my clients, but one thing I will say just out loud, and I'll say you can take it how you take it, is I'll say you can learn all the stuff you want to. And you can say, I learned that already. But maybe you weren't in the season to receive it. Bottom line is, it is, is it in your bank account? I'm wealthy. Is it in your bank account? And do you show up online abundantly? I just told you on the beginning, if you were on, how I decided not to show up and reply back to those people, those trolls, because that would take me out of character. They ain't about to take me out of character, right? Do you have time freedom? Some of y'all go into private practice with time freedom and you're working more in your practice than you do at a job. Sometimes that's the course. But what are you willing to do to collapse that time? Or or do you just want to keep doing that? You might as well go back to your job and just make part-time your side hustle. When you feel like it, because that's how you acting. Be grateful for the marathon. Kelly talked about that. Your success is not a sprint. She talked about that too. Stop moving your higher powers timeline. I don't care who or what you believe in. They already have a timeline that, shoot, Kelly, you're going to build your caseload in nine months. But if Kelly would have kept saying, you, you know, I'm just going to wait two years to build my caseload. That's exactly what she's going to get. Your higher power in this universe, your story is already written. They already know how the story ends. I know it's a song on that. And my stomach is hurting, right? Just like wanting to sing the song. That's how the story ends, right? In church, your story is waiting for you to show up, not the other way around, okay? I hope this is hitting home. When you pressure yourself, though, to accomplish something before your time, and what I mean by your time is maybe you need to slow down and build the operating system and the mechanics for whatever you're doing. Whether it be a baby, get your body in order. Take your vitamins. You want a husband? Start acting like a damn wife. You want a wife? Stop acting like a player. Act like a man. Take care of yourself. Clean your face. If you want a business, start acting like you already got one. But bottom line is, when you pressure yourself to accomplish something before your time, you will then go into survival mode. AKA, we know what flight or flight, a flight or fight means, right? It leads to burnout, adrenaline rush. You're moving too fast. You need to slow down. When you, oh, sorry, that was already there. Double slide. (laughs) Um, Invest in what you will, um, and what will help you get to the next level. Even if you can't see the whole story. So sometimes I've made investments knowing that I don't know exactly how this is about to pan out, but I know what I need. The teacher will show up and appear when you are ready to receive the instructions and I'm ready. 
So because they got what I need and I feel their energy and I'm a match, I'm going to just show up. I'm going to put the deposit down or do whatever I got to do because I'm going to get it done because I'm working toward my goal. And let me tell you, this is how I know everybody that's watching right now has the capacity to get it done. You signed up and went to school. Put a one in the comment box if you feel this. Like, damn, I'm all, you already invested in yourself. So if you're looking at like DTA, and let's just say that's what you're interested in, and you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much it's going to cost. The fact that you're even focusing on price right now and you're not focusing on your outcome is a problem. What if therapy clients, be careful about what you, what you do in your business because that's how you attract people. OK, <laughs> so if you worried about the cost, but then you pissed off because people keep calling you saying how much therapy, how much therapy and you like, damn, they don't want to know what they get out of it. Hello. Right. You've already invested in yourself. You've invested about 25 damn years at minimum in school, starting from pre-K, TK, whatever you started. You've invested in getting licensure that might have taken long. You've invested in a job, some of you. You've invested in internship hours. You've invested in a home or somewhere to stay. You've invested in your damn kids that sometimes not grateful. You've invested in mates that may or may not have stayed around. You've invested in vehicles. You've invested in trips, acting like you wealthy and et cetera. And you sitting here telling me that it ain't time to invest in yourself? Bull. Bull. So take action today. On a scale of one to 10, how did y'all like this uh, boot camp today? Because I know I started off with a bang. Then we slowed it down. <laughs> then we sped it back up. Okay. So again, there's going to be a post on Instagram. Not the the one in black, but it's the one that says post your takeaway. Share your biggest takeaway. I'd love to share it on the um, on the workshop tomorrow. I went my whole 90 minutes. <laughs> okay. If you're not following me on Instagram, head over to Dr. TK Psych. Because I have like an old page. And if you want to see where I came from with like marketing, just type in Dr. TK and look at that old page. I was all over the damn place. But go to the one that says Dr. TK Psych, right? And post your takeaway, okay? And also remember, if you want the workbook emailed to you, um, and if for whatever reason, if you sign up now, but if you choose to sign up like tonight and you don't get workbook too, just get into my DM and then we'll figure out a way to get it to you. But I would advise you sign up right now because it's going to be sent out literally in 32 minutes. Go to drtk.com forward slash links. Okay. So let me just go to the comment box um, to see what we got. I see you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I'm on fire. Woo. Let's go. 10 out of 10. Loved it. Thank you, Jasmine. Let's go. 20s, 10s. Claudia, thank you. 10. Okay, I am late, but that's okay. The replay is going to buffer and play itself over. Um, this one left me feeling a little bit low. Okay, so listen, I'm a therapist talking to therapists or whatever your title is. If you feel low, okay, if you feel low, what do we tell our clients to do? Tap within. If you are feeling low, I really want you to ask yourself high, higher quality questions, not how can I get out of this rut? But what was discussed today to trigger it? So think about the A plus B equals C in terms of uh, Albert Ellis, uh, the triangle, antecedent, filling, and um, if you have to hop off, that's fine, but I'm a little keep on doing a little therapy right now, okay? So A to B to C, okay? So A is we got to know what the trigger was. What was the antecedent? The B is what was the emotion that followed the trigger? C is... How are you going to react? And I said going because you have a choice. So let me just give you all a little therapeutic activity real quick. I do it with my therapy clients. I do it in like workshops. Okay. 
One of the worst freeways in terms of crowdedness in LA is the 405 freeway. I think we would all agree. It could be other ones, but that was one of the most notorious ones is 405 freeway, specifically north going towards Santa Monica. So let's just say there's three lanes, okay? And let's just say you're in the far lane, like by the exit, right? I'm all the way by the carpool lane and it's a middle lane. I'm driving, we're going about 40 miles per hour. And then I decide to hop off the freeway real quick, right? So I hope y'all follow. So we're driving about 45 miles per hour. I hop off the freeway, put in the chat box. What's your initial reaction? What's your initial reaction? So I'm just going to speed this up. Some people, when I've done this, say, oh, I flipped the bird, F you. What the hell you doing? You can't drive, bitch. Like, you know, they, they like, oh, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But that's the reaction in terms of the behavior. So then I slow them down. I'm like, I'm glad that you're participating. Now I want you to tell me what was your initial thought? And they like, I just told you, F you. And I'm like, no, that's a behavior, sir. I'm talking about like, now I'm thinking about like the men who come out of the prison. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a behavior. And their thought is potentially, oh, well, she don't know how to drive. Is she crazy? Like, you know, all those things. And I'm like, I'm glad you were able to slow yourself down. Now, what was your emotion, sir or ma'am? I'm frustrated. I'm in a state of panic. I'm scared. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And even their voice tone changes, even though we like acting this out, right? And then I'm like, okay, now that you're in a state of panic or frustration, what is your behavior? Clearly, let's go back to part A. You're going to flip me the bird. Some of y'all going to follow me off the damn freeway. <laughs> you know, all this stuff, right? So then I'm like, y'all got it. they like, I don't see the point of this. I'm like, you're going to get it in a second. And so will you. So I say, rewind. Same scenario. I'm driving. I almost hit your car just like before. And the reason why they were panicked is that I said you swiveled a little bit, right? So I almost hit your car. I hop off the freeway. But because we're going not that fast, you recognize that you see my car go into the hospital, like a hospital right off the exit. So it is very amazing to see people's transformation in therapeutic services within five damn seconds from a freeway activity. Okay. And I'm like, you're cured. You know, like that's what I've been wanting to say so bad. Like, so I'm like, what are your thoughts? And they like, well, I'm still frustrated. And I'm like, you have a right to be frustrated. What are your thoughts? And they were like, oh, so they, I see them slowing down. They're practicing mindfulness. And I'm telling you this because you can do the same thing with triggerance of money, abundance, right? So slow yourself down. So what they end up saying is, um, well, you a woman, so maybe you're pregnant or something. I'm still mad at you, though. But I don't know. Maybe you about to have a baby. Maybe it's an emergency. Maybe maybe somebody got hurt or something. And I'm like, okay. So let's just go with those thoughts in addition to almost hit your car. Because you have a right to be frustrated. So in addition to frustration, how do you feel now? And they're like, well, the fact that you may have to go to the hospital. They even start like, they're like, oh, I feel empathy. I feel sorry for you. I hope you okay. I'm like, empathy, okay. Versus flip me the bird, sir. And then I'm like, so do you still follow me off the freeway? <laughs> and they like, no. And I'm like, so what do you do? And they're like, well, shit, I keep driving. I listen to some music, you know, calm me down. And I said, ma'am or sir, you have just done therapy. Congratulations. You are doing in five seconds what it takes people years to do for various reasons because of trauma or complex trauma and things like that. But I just want to show you how easy it is if you learn how to slow down and be mindful of your thoughts first. That if you learn how to understand your thoughts, you will then understand why you feel the way you feel. And then you have a right to change it. 
And the way you change it is simply by evaluating the situation, maybe giving yourself a grade, and then maybe changing the outcome. And then I take it all the way home and I say, class, because it's usually in a workshop, what did I change from the first scenario to the second? And some of them are like, I don't know. And I'm like, slow down because I don't know is not an answer. I do that a lot with the people that were in the jail and teenagers because I don't know really means you just don't want to take the time to think. And some of us in business don't want to take the time to fix stuff because you don't want to be uncomfortable and think. Okay. So when I slow them down, they're like, oh, I said, I only added one damn thing. (laughs) You know what? They like have the hard time. And they're like, oh, you, you did the stop sign. Like you, that she got off the freeway, the hospital sign. I'm like, yeah, I added a hospital sign. So all I did was add, add a visual trigger that wasn't even in his room and it changed your whole mood. So what if you have the capacity to create an invisible toolbox in therapy with me to build out a whole lot of those um, slowdown triggers? You think that would help you like not hit the wall, sir? And I'm like, well, shit. Like, no, excuse my language. I'll be like, this I'll be talking to it. He'd be like, oh, shit. Why people couldn't just do this with me in jail? I probably wouldn't even be mandated to get therapy. And I'm like, I don't know. But I just did it. So you, you need therapy? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And they don't do therapy with me. But it's just showing them how not hard therapy the process is and how important mindfulness is. And if we can teach our clients how to do it in therapy through CBT, I'm going to place it back on clinicians who feel uncomfortable with just like, damn, I thought I was good, but she just told me I'm not, (laughs) you know, with the money, you can be better because you're already good. The only way something can change is if you're aware of the change, motivational interviewing, five stages of change. All right. All right. So I'm glad that y'all have enjoyed the coaching session, guest speaker, money session and therapy session. You all have a great day. Check your emails at one o'clock, do the workbook, hop over to Instagram, talk back to your girl. I'll see y'all on day three. Tomorrow, we're going to keep the fire going and we will talk about um, becoming a business owner. So we're really going to slow it down and talk about what's going on up here. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Intentionally Abundant Podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more resources, head over to drtk.com forward slash link for additional abundant resources. Now, until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.